0: I love the rare occasions when my kids
1: laugh and play together. As a mom, sometimes I feel overwhelmed. I try to save enough so our daughter can afford a therapist. (laughs) I am not mother material. Don't look at me, I'm out for the count. (laughs) I still sometimes look at my two
0: kids and think, Whoa, I'm a mom?
1: <laughs> I try to eat healthy
0: to nourish my baby. As a mother, I notice how really, really annoying kids can be in one moment. And then in the next, they're these amazing, beautiful, compassionate creatures.
1: poems of motherhood. As mothers, we fold. In the folding together of ancestors, one family tree folded into another, we create new life. We fold our arms around our swollen bellies and accept the new folds in our bodies, they'll never be the same. We fold diapers, little shirts, sheets, and blankets. Our hearts unfold when we hold them for the first time, when they say their first words, when they wave goodbye. Our, we fold and unfold strollers, squeezing them onto buses, bags and toys dangling off the side. We fold up the covers to tuck them in at night. We fold protective walls around them. We fold in stories of generations of mothers and the secrets they carried in the folds of their dresses. We do our best to straighten the unwanted folds. We fold up our own plans to put them on the shelves until it's time to take them down again. We help our children to hold up placards as we fold them into the streets to march for the earth, women, and human rights. We watch the unfolding of the young one to become a person all their own. And with time, we unfold maps to help them on their way as if our days as a mother were over. But the truth is, we mothers never close up shop. <laughs> we never fold up shop. We continue to unfold. I'm a mother of twins, so these are my first two Memories as a mother twins 26 years ago. Introductions. Into the pine grove, I carried you in the cradle of my womb to a tiny hollow where I laid you down on soft scented needles, you and I together, to introduce you to your other mother, the earth. adrift. In the pale light of that first night, the merciful hands of a dark-skinned nurse snuggled one tiny life up against my white deflating belly, and the other tiny life up to my trembling nipple to suckle. She leaves us alone as we drift, then softly returns. How did she know when to switch them? Becoming a mother. Becoming a mother is accepting that your life, like your body, will never be the same. It's the astonishment that you've been trusted to the care of this little one, even though you have no idea where to begin. It's the sheer determination to pack up the baby with all those things and dare to go out in the world, even though it's your baby, they're gonna hear screaming. Being a mother is noticing all those little changes that maybe no one else will see. Being a mother is sharing parenting with fathers, mothers, aunties, and friends while accepting that their ideas of what should happen with this little child may be very different than yours. Being a mother over the years is hearing the tiny little pattern of little teeny tiny feet that are followed by those tiptoes up the stairs when the teen comes in late. <laughs> it's the pause on the hill to let them catch up, followed by them pausing on the hill to let you catch up. Ah, <laughs> oh, but being a mother, it's not just a family picnic in the park on a sunny afternoon. It's the deep wound when your child is taken away. Sixty scoop, residential schools. It's the ache when you say, we can't afford that. It's the instinctual drive against all odds to do your very best. It's helping your son to know that his darker skin is what makes him beautiful. It's letting your daughter know that your accent, your language, and your culture is a flag that she can wave to be proud of. It's letting your child know that only they know who they will become It's finding the strength in yourself you never knew you had. Becoming a mother is the opening of your heart to love more than you ever knew was possible before. And when we're at our best, motherhood is a sea that opens out into the world and sets ships to sail so that all children everywhere will be loved and cared for. Do some of you remember... I mean, if you're if you're in my generation, you would remember this from your teen years, but you always might remember it afterwards as a song from the Beach Boys, 1965. Wouldn't it be nice? Da 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 da. How's it going? Da Wouldn't it be nice? Da 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 you go. da 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 da. You got it. Da 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 da, da da da. So just, just, imagine that song as you hear this song. <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice? Monday morning, the baby's cry is your alarm. Diapers and wipes, roll the kids out of bed, pack their lunch, pack the lunch, blow up the breakfast, coats and mitts, struggles and fits, take out the garbage, feed the cat, turn up the lights, grab your bag, drop off the baby at the daycare run to the bus, and then arrive out of breath at your desk. After all this, wouldn't it be nice to hear your boss say, you, courageous mother, have accomplished so much. Surely you've done your share for the day. You're good to go. Here's your pay. And a bonus, too, because you're the best. Pop up your feet. Take a well-earned rest. Wouldn't it be nice? <laughs> Da Wouldn't it be nice? Called by the light. They rose (starring) from their sleep. Two women in the forest, each called by the light, sifting through the pines to spread across the The, lake. The older woman, having birthed the other, her red current long ago run dry, accompanied the other, throbbing pain, cyclical mystery of life, waves of fertility, ancient and binding, water and tides pull the sky deep inside. To the water's edge they walked, where the mother watched. As the daughter dipped her finger into the night's reflection to stir the moon. Nap time. Nap time. The baby sleeps. The mother rises. She slips into her robe. Her mother's robe of moons, suns, and stars left behind in her passing. As soon as the hymn hits the floor, she is transformed, she is reborn. She is the Virgin of Guadalupe, galaxy draped over her shoulder, descending the stairs, dignified and defiant. She walks with the indigenous people of the Americas to deliver bouquets of defiance to the powerful. She defies unjust laws, and knows no boundaries. She stands on the line with all the others and she crosses it. Stepping into the downstairs hallway, she spans the oceans and mountains and valleys of Mother Earth. The tail of her robe trumpeting the call for peace, healing and wholeness. The dishwater where she sinks, sinks her hands to do last night's dishes, a pool of holy water Plates, cups, and cutlery awash in the divine, she and the cosmos cross themselves. The floor she sweeps stirs up particles of possibilities never dreamed of before. The warm cup she lifts to her lips, a potion of certainty and strength to make her whole this time. The window through which she peers, suddenly clear. And the shower she takes, waterfall of light, cascading radiance into every cave and crevice, the soap and ancient ointment of healing nurtured by all the grandmothers of the healing herbs. The bath mat, a magic mat, to safely guide her through the rushing streams. Just then, the baby stirs. (laughs) Nap time is nearly over. Her mother's robe of moons, suns, and stars it's hung back on the hook again until tomorrow's rise. The capri pants and t-shirt that she slips into a clever disguise. <laughs> Nap time. <laughs>
0: My friends, I cannot talk to you about birth pains, but I'm going to talk to you right now about menopausal pain, (laughs) (laughs) and I apologize that I have to um, refer to notes because you see every now and then I do suffer of the big M and it's not the golden arches of McDonald's. (laughs) It's the menopause that kicks in, so I tend to forget, so I have to um, turn to my notes. Very powerful words shared here by my sisters of their experiences, and I will share with you who I am as an I am an Ishinabe, and when I was growing up, I asked my grandmother, "Why don't we, why don't we practice or use our own, our original ways of pregnancy, of birth?" of motherhood or womanhood. Why don't we even use our original word for mother or mom? And that word is nizigus, nisigus. And that means the one who bored me under her heart. And what an appropriate word for mother because all of us, all of us, we grew inside our mother and she bore us inside of her, under her heart. We grew there for nine months. We were not allowed to even use her language. We were taught different words, how to say mother, mom, mama, Chojo. Even the word for father, our dad, which means we follow in his footsteps more sick. And then my grandmother explained to me, she explained to me that we're not going to talk about it. Shh, you Shh. can't. Because we had the Crown agents, the Crown official, the Indian agent, and the priest that told our women that no, we could no longer go into our moon lodges, we could no longer go through those rituals of a passage from girlhood into womanhood at the onset of our first flow. They stopped our women from having their babies in that natural way. I didn't understand it because I was just a child. But as I grew older and I became a mother, I realized that what was happening what did happen, it was colonization and assimilation, replacing our matriarch with paternal authority, the Indian agent, who, by the way, was not a First Nation. It was a white man who was deputized to be the overseer of our reserves, of the people, or the missionary, whether he was a minister or a priest. They had full authority over us. While I was a teenager, despite that we had the Indian agent and the missionary and the RCMP and all this paternalism imposed on us, my grandmother, she taught me. She taught me the responsibility that I have to my body, the responsibility to respect that natural life given force which we call our Grandmother Moon. Our natural flow on a monthly basis. How to care for that blood flow. How to respect it. How to respect our bodies. Because our flow, that life given force of that blood, is our power, which is our grandmother. My grandmother taught me how to work my body with our grandmother, the moon. And then she said, that is our first birth control, the natural birth control, the natural parenthood. And she also taught me to use the moon that will determine the birth of my children. You see, because it is our grandmother moon, it is her who guides our body It is her who determines when our water will break. And it is her who determines the birth of our baby. Grandmother Moon, Mother Earth, and I, we are connected as women, as mothers, and as grandmothers. When I was pregnant with my first son, the doctors said, this is your due date. My grandmother said, no. (laughs) She said to me, when was, when, and she knew, she regulated my flow from the first time I had it at 14 years old until here I am at 20 years old to become a mother. And she said to me, when was your last flow? And I told her, she said, see the moon? That phase of the moon? This is now when you're gonna give birth to your baby. And I said, "Grams, it's going to be three weeks before the due date. Mm. They don't know. <laughs> mm. She knows. <laughs> Your body knows. My baby, with first son was born three weeks early. Mm. My second pregnancy, my second son, again, the due date. My grandmother, she said, look at the moon, and I did. And I told the doctor, my baby's gonna be born two weeks earlier than what you're determining. Nah, don't believe in his whole wife's tales. (laughs) (laughs) My son was born two weeks early from the due date. Mm. My third pregnancy for my third son. My grandma, looked at the moon and I worked with the moon and I knew it was against the doctor's prediction. And I told him my baby's going to be born two weeks early. Oh, this you got to get that out of your head. <laughs> so my wife says, you know, that's... Oh, well, yeah, well, you're a doctor, you're a scientific and I believe in my body. I said, actually, I believe in my grandmother, period. <laughs> she's the power. The kokums are the power. The grandmothers are the power. <laughs> my son was born two weeks early. So for my daughter, the fourth pregnancy... The doctor said, Sohret, you just tell me when you're going born. (laughs) You just tell me. I said, okay, doctor, I'll tell you when. I said, first of all, you tell me when my baby's going to be born. He said, your baby's going to be born December 9th to December the 12th. I said, no. My baby's going to be born December 1st. He said, the moon, the moon, the phases, my last flow, my period, the phase of the moon. So therefore, nine months from that time, the moon, the phase, he said, okay, I'll be ready. Because <laughs> you see, for my first three, he wasn't even at the hospital because I was early, right? <coughs> so when SWAT, November 30th rolls around, he says, I better go to the hospital and wait. <laughs> so sure enough, December 1st rolls around and I go in the hospital and he's waiting for me. He says, I knew. So she was born on December 1st. The power of those natural ways. To work with the connection of who we are as women with our grandmother, the moon, and our mother earth, and we as women, equally. that is who I am. Anishinaabe equi. I am human being, I am woman. When my first grandson was born, we all went visiting. Excited, very excited. Now I'm a Kokum, I'm my grandmother. Kokumis. So my mother and I, we walked in my daughter-in-law and my son's room. There was a little baby boy and all family members on both sides were in this room and I said to my mother, in our language, I'm going to do something here. I said, Mom, We're gonna bring back our people. Because something happened in nineteen seventy-eight. I watched this movie, Roots. And one of the most powerful scenes was when Kunta Kinte's father lifted up that little his baby and he said, There is nothing greater than you than obviously the creator. And at that time I had went to my grandmother and to other old people, and I asked them, what did we do when our babies were born? And sadly, they didn't know. Because again, colonization and assimilation had taken that away from us. And that was sad. Not knowing your ways. So I sought out elders from different tried and I went to ceremony. I revitalized, I reclaimed, no I reclaimed and I revitalized and I restored what was inherently given to me as Anishinaabe. I didn't have that opportunity to do that for my first two children. And I, yes, I had two other children but I couldn't do this for them because our people were still strangled all by assimilation and colonization because of religion. But when my grandson was born, I said to my mother, this is what we're gonna do, Ma. We went in that room, and we took the eldest of the family members, the great-grandmother, my mother, the other grandmother, me, and we put them in a circle, each down there was the father and the mother holding their baby. We passed that little boy to his great-grandmother, his grandmother, grandmother, each family member, and I said to them, welcome that little one. Welcome him, speak to him in the first voice, our language, and let him know who you are, and let him know his place in society and his place in creation. And that's what I instituted for each of the births of my grandchildren. And it had to be done to heal the people, to heal my people, to heal us from assimilation, colonization, to revitalize and to restore those traditional ways of, of our pregnancy rights of our birth rights and of our motherhood and our parenthood to employ those medicines. The blueberry, blueberry root to keep our wounds healthy in pregnancy. The strawberry plant, the roots of the strawberry to help us, our bodies to begin contractions, the birthing, to help to ease the pain of birth and and the blood root to take that medicine after we give birth so our bodies will heal and our blood will replenish. And also those other medicines that we give to our baby when the, he or she is first born. That special salve that we make and we rub our babies in from head to toe to protect their skin and to give that baby that grounding in his or her life. When my eighth eighth grandchild was born, my daughter needed a an emergency C-section. At the time they didn't know she had H1N1 and they put her under. They came to tell us that she was dying. And we prayed. And my, of course, being a mother, I was worried for my daughter. And at the same time I was worried for that little one. I said, "He's, he's gonna be born and he's not even gonna be able to be with his mother. And they're just gonna, where are they gonna put him? So I told his father, my son-in-law, you go to the nursery and you be with the baby and I'm gonna stay here and I'm gonna wait with my daughter. But I couldn't go in to see her because she was in that operation room, right? And they came out and told me she was breathing and she was well. I was so worried about my little one and I said, he needs to know who he is. So I went into the nursery and I asked, I asked the doctor and the nurse and I told him and but because my daughter had H1N1, they were concerned for the baby. But they did let me hold him, and I held him, and I whispered into his ear, Kwe, Kwe, ni kiko kamese, ki mshnabe, ni The first voice he had to hear, the first language, that language that belongs to him, had to be whispered into his ear. He needed to know his place in life, his place in creation, and that who he is as the original peoples of this land. And I said to him, hello, I'm your grandmother, and you are Anishinaabe. Welcome to this world, little one love you and be proud of who you are. Thank you.